Hey there, WrestleLore fans. This is Devo letting you know that Ethan has some audio problems at the top of this episode, but we get it figured out pretty quickly, so don't worry. The episode is not ruined. Thank you guys for being listeners, and please hit us up online. We'd love to hear from you, and please rate, like, and subscribe to us. Thank you guys so much. Hope you're having a happy holiday season. Peace out. What is up, WrestleLore fans? It's your boy, Devo. And uh, as always, I'm joined by the, boy, I don't know. He's the uh, diamond doll to uh, my Sonny Ono. Uh, Ethan Sandoval, how you doing? Uh, Oh, you know, I'm just living the life. Living the life. Taking it day by day, all that fun stuff. Uh, that was uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage's WCW theme song, where they kicked it up a notch with some tasty guitar riffs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as as I don't know if you caught it, but when Michael Buffer does his in- introduction, he calls him the star of the Slim Jim commercials, or the, the <laughs> Slim Jim spokesman. Like, okay, that's great. I would love to hear like Brock Lesnar being uh, introduced as this Jimmy John spokesman. <laughs> Wasn't there like not a conspiracy theory, but like there was like a joke about like Macho Man and like Slim Jims. Like Macho Man challenging death to a wrestling match or something. I don't remember what it was. No, I don't Hold know. On. I don't know. I, I do know the whole like story that it was uh there was something about like when WCW hired or like signed him, like they it was just they made so much money from the Slim Jim deal that it, uh-huh. that's why they could just sign him uh whatever. Macho Man versus Death. As Ethan's looking that up, I will tell you guys what we're talking about here today. It is December, and uh, that means that we're trying to cover a couple of, uh, well, at least one December-oriented pay-per-view. And back in the day, the one that was always in late November or December was WCW's WrestleMania which is Starcade, and we're talking about Starcade 1995, coming to you from the municip- Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, in front of 8,200 fans. The tagline for this, USA's toughest meet Japan's best in this international wrestling showdown, which, as we will learn, is the uh, wrestling pro wrestling World Cup. So take that, Saudi Arabia. WC, oh. yeah, there you go. Now, what do you got there, Ethan? Did Macho Man wrestle death? No, 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 no. So I, I, I it was like a, a, a meme somebody oh, okay. posted about like Macho Man. Um, I, I can't remember what it, something happened like right around the time Macho Man died, and they were saying Macho Man used his Slim Jim teleportation powers oh, okay. to teleport death, and they had a wrestling match. 
I, so I can't find it. Somebody will have to. I know it went viral, you know, right around the time Macho Man died. But, uh, okay. Yeah, it was just weird. <laughs> so uh, this, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this took place on December twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And the reason why uh, I sort of uh, cho- like chose this one as one of the ones to do uh, is when I looked at list of Starcades, this one was listed toward the top of pretty much every list. And I have this general question for you, Ethan, after watching this, and then I know you weren't uh, a big, well, as you said before we went on air, this came out like the year you were born, right? Uh, yeah, and I was four months old. WCW was dead uh, when you were six, right? I believe 2001 is when they died officially. Um, yes. So you don't have a lot of WCW experience. What I, what I took away while doing this is where there are those like matches and moments in WWF like WrestleManias and stuff like that that people can point to and be like, oh my god, that match. Mm. In WCW, I don't think that exists. Yeah, there's very few of those like of those moments, you know. But like, I there, there are moments, but they are like, and I'd say across WCW pay per views, there are moments, but they are not like good moments like they're like the yeah, cattle prod in, or the, the finger poke yeah infamous but like i i do think that wcw's overall match quality is just better oh yeah yeah you know like i think and that, that's what i part of the reason that i think the wwe high points stand out so much more yeah, and I, I think this this pay per view in general, and I believe the reason why people think this is one, it's an interesting concept. For like, Starcade was considered, you know, WCW's WrestleMania for for right. yeah, and you know, going back to they call it the granddaddy of them all. You know, going back to '83, I believe, with uh, you know, Flair and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but it doesn't like I could never see WrestleMania doing something like this, where it's like mm-hmm. not your talent versus, you know, other talent. Um, it's like, well, yeah. it's, so that was a little bit weird. Uh, but this was the second year in a row. It had been held in Nashville. Uh, the previous mm-hmm. year, uh, you know, to give you an idea the previous year, the uh, title match, much smaller card previous years, but title match was Hogan with Jimmy Hart uh, beating the butcher. So that's the previous yeah. year was not necessarily a highlight. Uh, and despite the fact that, uh, you know, they have, it says it's a triple threat. The 1994 cover art says it's a triple threat and it shows Hogan, uh, Vader and sting. Well, I'm looking at the card and I don't see Vader on the, co- Oh no, Vader's Vader was the opening match. So they're all in different, uh, matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so it's not really a, a triple threat or the triangle match as we will get tonight. Mm. The, the dumbest thing, Mo. Mo. the triangle match. Yeah. So we'll talk about when we get that. So the, the whole, uh, the whole gimmick here is, uh, that new Japan pro wrestling has invaded WCW, uh, mm. and you get a, a fair amount throughout the night of the wrestlers, uh, that they talk about. And I think you know, I'm not mm-hmm. super familiar with uh, WCW's cards and billing at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, with probably the exception of Luger and Sting, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you I think these are mostly they're doing matchups of guys that have worked in Japan a decent amount. Yeah, well, like yeah, because um, they have you know they have Benoit, they have Eddie, they yeah, have yeah, Benoit was Pegasus Kid. Yeah, Eddie was uh, Black Tiger Mask. I guess Alex uh, Wright wrestled in New J- in Japan. They were talking about that or whatever. Yeah, and uh, you know I don't know. Commentary uh, very important to rest. It's I I can a thousand percent see how this commentary would be fucking annoying or shit to some people. Okay, hold on, hold on. You're, I take, take, take a second. Loved it. Take a second there, just for a second. You you are chopping up on me hard. Let's uh, let's. Oh, no. You are. I've got. We got a bad connection here. You're chopping up on me. Uh, hold on. Let me close some windows. Close some windows. <laughs> close some windows. Close some walls till the sweat drops down those balls. So you were, I believe. Oh, skeet skeet, motherfucker! I believe you were saying uh, the commentary is what you were talking about. Yes. Um, first of all, we good? We Gucci? Yeah, I think we're better, yeah. Okay. So, the commentary, I can see how somebody would fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it. I love the commentary. Okay, <laughs> so so, so we have we have on the commentary team, we have uh uh Tony Schiavone, Dusty Rhodes and Bobby the Brain mm-hmm. Heenan. Uh, you know, this is a. Yeah. Uh, I believe at this time, as Heenan or as Dusty alludes to a few times, I believe it's uh, uh, Dusty on the on the weekly shows. It's Dusty and Zabisco on one show, and then mm-hmm. is it Shivani Heenan and uh, Bischoff on the other shows? I don't know. I can't remember. I I, I thought it was on Saturdays. It's Dusty and Shivani. And then on Nitro, it's Shivani and Heenan and someone else. Okay, well, he, he Dusty mentioned something where he says he's he's working with Zabisco on, on one of them, but like but I it, did I did hear that too. Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, so, exactly. So I thought the commentary. I was like, uh oh, this is going to get problematic because uh, it's 1995 and there's this you know Asian invasion, and mm-hmm. it occasionally gets a little there but like it's not nearly as bad as i thought there, it was. there there are a few generalizations yeah but there's there's nothing like there's nothing like those sneaky japanese you know there's like that which is like a very common like yeah. you don't really hear that too much um I, like one of the generalizations i hear is like uh, both are from. There's two I remember. Heenan makes both of them. Mm-hmm. One is that the Japanese own almost everything. Yeah. And then the other is that the Japanese people are very smart. So like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think there's a couple times where Dusty mentions rickshaws, <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah. And then I think uh, I thought that was. I thought that was Heenan. Okay, it could have been Heenan, uh, but and then uh, yeah, there's some references here and there of like <laughs> I think there's there's maybe a General Shao's chicken reference, and I'm like, uh, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, no, no yeah, it is Heenan because I remember they're talking about I think it's Kanemoto, and they're talking about like, how Kanemoto has kind of made his name in Japan, and then Heenan's like, does Rick Shaw mean anything to you? And then Shivani's like, 
no and then heenan goes exactly oh now no, see i i do have it here though this it's it, during the masahiro chono versus lex luger match and uh it was i i screwed up uh dusty says take that in your rickshaw brain and then Bra- heenan goes well sweet and sour this dusty <laughs> and i'm like okay mm. there you mm. go so yeah i think that's a reference to what heenan yeah. said earlier because like it was an earlier match he yeah brought up there's yeah, also like um i also think it's in the the chono match they start this thread of jokes that they make throughout the entire night about the names of moves. Yes, yes. Like I, yeah. the Russian leg sweep, which I loved. I loved that so much. Just like taking the piss out of it. Yeah, the, the, so the, the like I think it felt very relaxed. Yeah, like, like the Bulgarian. Very late back. I think it says the Bulgarian boot or something like that, or like yeah, it all. Started... Or, yeah, like they. They like why is it called a mafia kick? It's just oh, yeah. a kick to the face. Yeah. And then like and like why is it a Russian leg sweep? And why is it a German suplex? Yes. And like they keep doing that. And then finally it's like, oh he's kicking his Bulgarian butt. Yeah, it's, like, it's it. Bulgarian butt. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, it's so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Alright, so let, let's let's go down this uh this card a little bit here. Uh so mm-hmm. as again, we've established that what we're having is there are going to be seven matches prior to the two main event matches. And the seven mm-hmm. matches prior to the two main event matches are part of this uh, World Cup of Wrestling between WCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right. So mm-hmm. and like, people now are probably a lot more familiar with New Japan Pro Wrestling than people would have been back in the 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. But just because of the prevalence on the internet and everything else, but uh, this is the first. This is a uh, Starcade began twelve years ago. The Japanese wrestling, um, uh, and, and I did notice when we talked about the commentary that Dusty or that Heenan constantly looks like he's just trying to figure out what the hell Dusty is saying. <laughs> but like at the, it was a whole, it was a joke the entire night because like Shivani's Southern, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Um, and then uh, Heenan's from Chicago. So, like, it's kind of just like a running joke that, like, uh, oh, God, what is it? Benoit, I think, has um, the guy he's wrestling. I forgot his name. Oh, Liger. He's Liger. Yeah. He's Liger in a... Uh, in uh, uh, like a Walls of Jericho or a Lion Tamer, he's yeah. like him in a Lion Tamer, and uh, <laughs> Dusty goes, he's got his back strapped and he's got his liver quivering, and like just like goes on this like one minute nonstop just euphemism mm-hmm. line, <laughs> and then uh, um, Bobby Heenan's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, what are you saying? And that happens throughout the entire night. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it, again, it, it does seem very relaxed, and it is an enjoyable experience. Uh, which I, you know, I, I some of this too. One of the things we have to say about this is everyone in these first seven matches for the like it. It's obviously heel versus face, but the heels are New Japan, and the faces are WCW. Even though the people mm. wrestling may not be faces in WCW, they're treated as faces. 
in mm. in, the, in this evening. So uh, the dark matches that we don't get are Diamond Dallas Page ever, uh, defeating Dave Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan's, I believe, kayfabe mm. brother, and uh, the mm. man who started uh, the war on Hulkamania, as we talked about in uh, our Dungeon of Doom episode. And we also get a dark match between, uh, we get uh, the American males of Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Scotty Riggs defeating the Blue Bloods of Lord Steven Regal and Earl Robert Eaton. That's beautiful Bobby. Uh, the joke there being that beautiful Bobby Eaton is a Southerner and not <laughs> British royalty uh, whatsoever. Yeah. He's from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, and uh, you uh, are correct. Tony Schiavone is from uh, Virginia. So a Southerner uh, for sure. Uh, Craigsville, Virginia is where he's from. Yeah, exactly. So like the whole joke is like, uh, Dusty just says random fucking weird shit all night. And then Shivani's like, I understood that. And Heenan's like, you under, what? He yeah. said things? Uh, population of Craigsville, Virginia, by the way, 923. Huh. There you go. So I yeah. thriving, thriving metropolis of Craigville. Uh, mm-hmm. But our first televised match that we get is uh, what we were just talking about. And also uh, Sonny Ono. Uh, spelled mm. O-N-O-O, uh, is mm. going to be the manager, uh, essentially, for all the New Japan pro wrestling people, uh, which I believe Sonny Ono worked... Yeah. In, he worked for WCW. He had nothing to do with New Japan pro wrestling. He was mm. just uh, there to... Uh, I remember he was him, there. He was their liaison. Yes, I remember him managing uh, Ultimo Dragon and and people like that uh, when he's in uh, WCW. But uh, but he is going to be there, and there's going to they're going to start eventually this like side story that like you know playing on what you mentioned that stereotype that the Japanese own everything, and it's going to be a little side story of uh, Sonny Ono is trying to buy WCW that there's some sort of deal in the right. works, and then we should Sonny Ono yeah. one of the very few actually Japanese Japanese yeah. American yeah one of the very few American wrestling figures to actually be born in Japan. Yes, I know. It was I. I looked that up because I was like, mm, Sonny Ono, let me check you out because you reek of a Hawaiian." But let's see. Nope, you're actually Japanese. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, no. So that through that through line is going to go out through the night. But then also, you're going to have this other commentary through line that Bobby the Brain Heenan has been bought off by New Japan yeah. Pro Wrestling, uh, and that you know he's on the side of New Japan Pro Wrestling just to add a little extra heel heat. Uh, to the brain here. But this first match, Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, a man who just went in, uh, was supposed to go into the WWE Hall of Fame this year um, and uh, has made an appearance somewhat recently in NXT in a match, uh, but recently retired, I believe, from the wrestling circuit, uh, is going to take on the man that goes unnamed on the network in Chris Benoit. And I thought this was, uh, you know, I saw the, a few of these matches. Um, the match, you know, sp- specifically the Eddie, Das Wunderkind, uh, and this match, and even to an extent the uh, the Johnny B. Bad match. Um, you, you saw shades of wrestling that you certainly weren't getting in WWE mm-hmm. at that time, right? Yeah, and, and you're getting guys that can go here uh, in mm-hmm. in a way that other, you know, like if we compare this to what we were watching with that best of diesel right (laughs) yeah yeah that's uh very true because like man man 
Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. We're good. It was just fucking... No. Oh, I thought we froze. No. Um, but goddamn, running in WWE in like 95 is trash. And, and we what we get here is a good mix uh, between, I think in a lot of these matches, a decent mix between uh, some good mat wrestling and also some higher flying up, up tempo stuff here. And this is a, a pretty good back and forth match. Um, I don't think that there's any match of the night where... I mean, there are some questionable, we'll talk about it. I mean, you know, mm. uh, questionable finishes and, and some inconsistencies, but uh, like for even for this match, right? Like one, Benoit is, yes, a, a, a deplorable person, but his his snap suplexes, hit that power bomb he pulls out, like they are just brutal yeah. looking moves. Like it's so good. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's the thing about Benoit that's always been like, when you watch Benoit wrestle, it looks like he's actually fighting. Yeah, I know. Like, and and that's it comes off that way, and I'm, you're just like, damn, this guy can fucking go, you know? Um, well, like the fact that he can hold his own against Angle, even though he had zero amateur wrestling background, like, is just super impressive. Yeah, and 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 you you see that here, and we do though get some of the, you know, we do get some higher flying stuff. Uh, in in mm-hmm. this match, uh, and kind of sets the pace. And again, I think that that's what stood out to me is this immediately. And I know that WCW is going to become, you, you know, um, you know, they're getting ready to be within a year. The NWO is going to debut. We're going to have mm-hmm. all that stuff. But during that whole NWO run and all that, there was all, they were also you know su- super well known for their luchador matches. Mm-hmm. You know, here's Mike Tenay to talk about the luchadors and everything. And right. you're getting a little bit of that in some of these matches that we've got here uh, up top. But just, you know, uh, back and forth and just an amazingly well-worked match. And I always like a Jushin Thunder Liger match because Jushin Thunder Liger looks cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I love Jushin Thunder Liger. Listen, I, a few wrestling moments have gotten me, like, a little choked up. Um, one is like the Shawn Michaels retirement video package. Yeah. Like, the, like that one, I was like, Oh God, Oh feelings. I have them. <laughs> um, the other one was Jushin Thunderlager's retirement. I don't know if it was his retirement match, but his match against Suzuki yeah. where afterwards, like Suzuki, like grabs a chair and he's about to hit, uh, Liger, and then he throws the chair to his side and just bows to him, and like everyone in the arena just starts fucking sobbing. Nice. And you're like, oh fuck, and then Liger just gets on the mic and just goes, uh, he just says, uh, Suzuki, arigato, and then just like drops the mic, and it's like, ah, it's so good. Uh, yeah, like just mad respect all, all across the board for Jushin Thunder Liger out there. Now, oh, th- so fuck good. Now this match, and again, I think there's a lot of protecting going on. Like mm-hmm. clearly, the agreement between New Japan and WCW is we're not going to make any of our guys look bad. Like no one really, yeah. like with the exception of probably Chono, no one really mm-hmm. gets sort of like just buried yeah buried here and so you have kevin sullivan comes out uh and he is going to interfere with the match there's like some backstory about the dungeon of brian pillman apparently pissed off sullivan at some point and so because 
Brian Pillman is in the Four Horsemen with Benoit. Sullivan jumps out and like distracts Benoit. Yeah, and so there's yeah a little bit of a muddled storyline going on and in, in that stuff. And then even then, I I think uh, there wasn't a the the finish was still I was also a little bit of a botch on the finish for the pin. Oh yeah, that, I was that's one of the worst hurricane runners I've ever wow. seen. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's whatever it happens, but like, there's a lot going on really there. It's bad. not the biggest botch of the night, but like it's it's definitely yeah. one that's there. Uh, but yeah, Heenan then goes, yes, but I I mean he goes, yes, I mean he won. Playing in this whole yeah. Heenan's been sold, you know, to sold out to New Japan and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. This is I, I I messaged you when I saw this next promo. We we're gonna have, and I always forget <laughs> that WCW was always. Match backstage promo. Match backstage promo. Match backstage yeah, promo. The only promo I actually watched just because like, I was running a little short on time, so the rest of the promos I kind of had to skip through. Just yeah, so well, there's I could not. Watch there's, but I did watch this one. There's not much in that one, and like just this promo with Eddie Guerrero, which is just super babyface, no gimmick Guerrero, and he's just so soft spoken yeah. and nice. <laughs> yeah, he's. A, He's kind of bland, although then, like, his match is much later on in the night, but you yeah. can see, like, in his match, like, oh, there's his charisma. Because, like, oh, there yeah. he's, like, talking, and, like, it's much more natural. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, and, like, Eddie, Eddie really is a natural heel. He's just really fucking good at it. Yeah, he is. He He's much better as a heel, but, like, I you know, I think if... <sighs> If it had been a different time, I could see him being using that babyface character of sort of being the aw shucks, like little Texas Mexican kid, you know, and, and trying to play into yeah. that. But yeah, it's just kind of weird to see Eddie as just a super babyface here uh, and not yeah. have any of that. But, I do love his jacket, though. I love that fucking oh, that's, jacket well, so see, much. That, that, what he's wearing here is what I think of when I think of WCW Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, he that wore, jacket's so fucking sick. Yeah, he, yeah, he wore that combo quite a bit. Uh, now, next up, uh, boy, this next match actually did something that I did not know, um, or I did not remember, did not think I would ever say. I did not know that Das Wunderkind Alex Wright could actually wrestle. <laughs> oh, yeah, Das Wunderkind's, like, not a bad wrestler at all. <laughs> I just always He's remember... He's actually really good. I just always remember him being stuck in the massive, like, lower middle card and just like never doing much i guess but the next match yeah. we have also yeah. also a thing i completely forgot about das Wunderkind looks like sting's younger brother oh yeah he definitely looks like sting's younger brother like uh we have the iwgp uh that's new japan pro wrestling a junior heavyweight champion koji kanemoto taking on das yeah. Wunderkind alex wright who i did some research on yes koji kanemoto is the third Tiger Mask. He okay. took up he took up Tiger Mask after um uh, uh Masawa. Okay. Um and then uh he currently I was looking in it he still is technically a wrestler but he's like a freelance guy. Okay. Well, okay, that makes but sense. But he's he's 54. So he's still out there doing it and going, and he's just kind of like doing, uh, picking up spots here and there. Then probably. Yeah, he beat in two thousand nine. He beat Prince Devitt, also known as Finn Balor, uh, winning 
the best of the Super Juniors for the third time. Okay. Only the second man ever to do so. Nice. Uh, now, yeah. this match, again, the biggest surprise to me was how aerial like uh, Das Wunderkind got here. I, I, I do love two things, though, about this match that have nothing to do with the in-ring action. Uh, yes. One is the WCW cameraman doing the classic thing when sexy wrestler comes out is finding the ladies in the crowd that are oogling and boogling over the over the se- look at the sexy man. I want to do the sex to him. Sexy man. And then the other thing is people doing a USA chant for a man that is clearly from Germany. <laughs> yes, that's just great. I love that so much. Uh, um, now I don't. Know, yeah, Darth Vader yeah. can good wrestler. Yeah, gets like, a lot of flags. He's good. Got, yeah, he's got. There's a good. There's a lot of rope breaks. And now I don't know if you got this little dig. Uh, because they're talking about they're in Tennessee or whatever, you know, they're in Nashville, and there's a little mm. dig at this at this moment where they talk about, I think Heenan or Dusty or someone or they someone says that they've been up there training and wrestling in the the Smoky Mountains, and oh, uh, I did get this. I was gonna bring it up, and he yeah. says no one wrestles in the Smoky Mountains, and that yeah, Shivani says it. Shivani goes, no one wrestles in the Smoky Mountains, which is a dig because. It was just a month prior that uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling went under, and Jim Cor- wow. that was Jim Cornette's program. Jim that was Jim Cornette's promotion um, in in the in the uh, in the Great Smoky Mountain Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and it had just gone under, and so they're taking a little dig at him right there. Yeah, because I cause, couldn't happen to a nicer dickhead. Well, this is the time when Cornette is up in the WCW, or he's up in WWF trying to like. He he had had his like Smoky Mountain wrestling wrestlers in WWF matches and shit, mm-hmm. uh, and it just went over like a lead balloon, right? Yeah. I think it was maybe that year's WrestleMania. It might have been WrestleMania '95, where uh, I believe the Rock and Roll Express wrestled someone for the Smoky Mountain Championships yeah. in at WrestleMania. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that little uh, that little thing. There's like a lot of good use of these like top rope missile drop kicks that they're doing in this match. I thought was quite uh, quite good. Oh yeah, there's some fucking good ones. Yeah, like, like they're, they're getting they're, some like, good like all throughout this show. There's like a lot of really good fucking drop. Yeah, there's there's a good amount of decent wrestling, which I think is again why people like this Starcade so much, mm-hmm. is because one, it's not the same what people are used to at this time for pro wrestling mm-hmm. of just slugfest and a big power move to end it. Right, we've got all these sort of more intricate matches that we're kind of more used to today uh, mm-hmm. in, in pro wrestling. Um, but like, uh, there's a bunch of rope breaks in this one. <laughs> Uh, and again, we have a, a weird sort of bad finish here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. I actually, it, well, it's just, on. it's, he wins, but it's just like through a, a simple move and there's no like, like we're, and I don't know if it's my like modern wrestling brain where I'm attuned to like have some sort of finisher mm-hmm. to set this up or whatever. But there were a couple yeah. good moves for false finishes, and it, I would get it if it was like the surprise roll-up finish that we're so used to. But it's not even really that. It's just more of like a soft move, and then a finish, and it's over. Like he wins clean, but, mm-hmm. but it's still a little bit like, eh, okay. But yeah. the story here now is that New Japan has gone up two zero. Oh no, what's going right. to happen? Yeah, well, like there's Kanemoto does like this gorgeous moonsault, yeah. and then I guess just doesn't cover 
Vunderkind. Yeah. Um, like that happens a couple times in this match where like they're talking about how like Liger was like con- most the most cocky of them all, yeah. but uh, Kanemoto is the most hot headed. Ah, okay. Of them all. Yeah, and that like yeah, and so that maybe that makes a little sense with the finish or whatever, but you know, mm. it was a good match though. I, I think it was uh pretty pretty all right. Uh, mm. And again, it was uh one of the best matches. I mean, I never thought that uh you know uh, Das Wunderkind had a really good match, and uh, that was certainly a really good match that he did really well on. So uh, yeah. let's see. So far, let me see if uh, these come up here. Um, I was going to see if they had uh, the ratings, uh, if we had Meltzer ratings for these matches uh, so far. Uh, and we do. Let me uh, see. Uh, it looks like uh, Jushin Liger and Benoit got uh, four stars. Uh, and then this one got three and three quarters stars. So now... Uh, I don't agree with some of the upcoming ones, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what they do. But the next, uh, we go backstage, and uh, we we got. I was like, I was trying to remember when the Million Dollar Man debuted in WCW um, because they do a spot backstage with Sonny Ono, and he starts talking about how every everybody's got a price. And I was like, mm-hmm. mm, are they going to bring in Ted DiBiase here? I no, they didn't. And there's again, you didn't miss much by not looking at these backstage promos. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're just not, um, not much. Also, there. by the way, in terms of time, uh, Chris Benoit, Thunder Liger, ten twenty nine, uh, Kanemoto, and Alex Wright, eleven forty four. Yeah, and then uh, well, and if we tell you that uh, the matches with their times, it kind of lines up to the guys that are better. So you know, well, uh, it does. yeah. And next, but our next match is not one of those. Uh, mm. And it's still an all right match, but our third match on the evening is Masahiro Chono versus uh, the Lex Express, Lex Luger, who has recently, in 1995, come back to WCW from his failed experiment in WWF, uh, yes. where he was not a good replacement for Hulk Hogan and just went over like a lead balloon. And yes. uh, he's come back, he challenged Hogan. Hogan is out at this time uh, on a kayfabe suspension which I mm. believe was to film something. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think, it was, yeah. I think it was probably to film whatever uh, movie uh, Hogan had coming out around that time. Um, but so Luger has had a storyline where he's come back. He's been f- best friends with sting for years. And now he's starting to do things that are shifty and, and like, uh, so there's this underlying story because this is the first of our matches that features someone who will wrestle later in the evening in the triangle match that will be Sting, Ric Flair, and Luger to get a shot at Macho Man Randy Savage for his title in the main mm. event, uh, which is a little confusing, uh, but yeah, uh, it doesn't seem to me. I don't know why they couldn't have just had. I don't think you needed the, or I don't think you needed Sting and Luger to wrestle matches earlier in the night. And more mm-hmm. macho. It seems like you could have like had other guys wrestle some of these matches, but you know, hey, whatever. Um, this match to me is probably the worst one. Um, but the- um, ah, there's another one on here that was kind of hot garbage that I think was worse than this one. Well, I think it's this one or the next one are kind of the two worst matches, I believe. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, uh, I, this one's, yeah, pretty bad. Um, but um, I uh, also... Oh, uh, yeah, just the Johnny V. Bad match is not good. Yeah, it's not good. I really don't yeah. like it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're... they're they're not good. These matches. Uh, so the problem is it's a Luger match and it's Luger versus another bigger guy. And it's just a bunch of power moves and mm. not a whole lot. There is some good commentary uh, back and forth here in this mm-hmm. match. Um, this is where we get the, uh, the mafia. mafia yeah, yeah. This is yeah, where we get that whole, um, through, this is where the whole through line of them starts, which, um, which will come back in other matches later. Because, like, I remember hearing later in a match where Shivani goes, and he gets the German suplex. He goes, what's with this German thing again? Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luger doing his best. Ah! Luger! Ah! Selling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Lugster. Um, I don't know. Not much to say here. This is the one match where I think that the New Japan guy kind of gets buried a little bit. Uh, he does get in some yeah. good offense, but, like, I mean, those mafia kicks look good. Um, and. Yeah. But then puts him up in the torture rack, and obviously Lex Luger wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Now it's two to one, New Japan. Uh, we get a backstage. Easy peasy, Lugie squeezy. We get a backstage uh, interview now again, uh, Mean Gene, but with Stinger. Uh, and, you know, Sting's been in the news recently because he debuted with AEW. Um, yeah. Uh, and don't know what's going to go on with that. And I think we talked about it with our most overrated wrestlers, and I think we both talked about Sting. Uh, And my brother was the same way. He was like, who likes Sting? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, I get liking this Sting because... Surfer Sting, I totally get. Surfer Sting had some charisma. Like, Because I watched his backstage promo here with Mean Gene, and I was like... Okay, you can tell what he's saying. It's got that 90s, 80s wrestler kind of yell thing to it, but it's also clear and he's being coherent. And it's not a bad promo. I could see you being a little kid and liking the stinger because he's flamboyant over top. I don't know why anybody in the world loves Crow Sting. Yeah. Crow Sting to me is just like annoying, like just boring. So I don't I don't quite get it. But it is a good backstage promo, but it doesn't have really anything to do it. He's just talking about like He's going to treat Luger right and stuff like this and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Uh, The next match we get is probably the worst match on the night. It's either, you know, the Luger match was a Luger match. You get what you get. And I believe that got one and a quarter uh, stars uh, from from Meltzer. Uh, Yes, it it got one and a quarter. This one gets uh, a half star. Um, Yeah, which is good. So we get Johnny B. Bad versus Masa Saito. Yep, which I believe they spell incorrectly. I think they put an H at the end. There shouldn't be an H at the end. But yeah, I think so too. Let me see if I, I. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, they. I believe they do. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I looked up Masasaito. Yep. Uh, he's got that. Uh, first of all, he has the Wade McFarlane body type. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, secondly, fun fact about, uh, muscles. First of all, he is 53 in this match. Yes. He's quite old at this time. Yes. Definitely one of the older ones. Yes. And he, uh, Masa Saito imprisoned for two years in the mid 1980s for physically assaulting police officers, officers in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Oh, this is the uh, uh, well. This is the incident with uh, 
Ken Patera. Yeah, that took Patera yes. out of WWE or WWF mm-hmm. at the time, and they and then yeah, they a disaster is trying to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bring him back or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, also, just a, yeah, one more it. thing. Uh, uh, Saito uh, of uh, invented the Saito suplex, and also. Uh, credited as the innovator of the Scorpion Deathlock slash Sharpshooter. Yeah, well, there you go. Look at that. So this guy's done a lot uh, for the biz. He doesn't do a lot for the biz in this match uh, (laughs) because it is not good. It starts out with this over-the-top entrance between Johnny B. Bad and Kimberly, the former Diamond Doll, with their bad sticks or whatever they call them, shooting their confetti in the air and all that stuff. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan does mention that he had managed Saito in the AWA. Uh, And this is maybe where we get into a little bit of problematic writing uh, when uh, Kimberly is calling him Hop Sing. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, well, that's, again, Chinese, not Japanese, and uh, also don't... (laughs) Uh, but although we do, I mean, like here's the thing: it's problematic in that it's racist, but it's also feminist at the same time. True, because true. Because he's saying the whole reason yeah. the whole reason she gets onto Sunny Ono's case is because Sunny Ono is like, why is she here? She should be back home washing dishes. Yeah, and then like instead of having Johnny be bad, be like, fuck you. They have Kimberly Page be like, fuck you, which is what you know what what you should do. Yeah, and the, and the, like, and then I, I when that exchange is over, uh, Johnny or he says, uh, uh, Sonny Ono says, Johnny control your woman. We do, and it's like, yeah. mm, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah this match, garbage. Um, and really bad ends with the, the my least favorite ending ever the, the over the top rule the over the top rope disqualification yeah. which, which i believe is from bill watts yes bill watts era which we we're way out of at this point and yes. and here's the here's the shit well the part that p- pisses me off about it is that later in the sting versus kinsu sasaki match he just b- clearly like the announcers pointed out, they're like, and the refs watching it, he just clotheslines him over the top rope. Oh yeah, and it's just yeah, like it's, it's like. like but also later in the ma- later in the show, Luger just un just right and like literally the referee is two inches away. He just low blows things. Yeah, this is a so I've watched a lot of those like wrestling with regret. Uh, pay, you know, I get bored at work and I'll just watch his uh, classic pay per view reviews. And this is kind of indicative of this era of WCW where they will selectively enforce the over the top rule. They will just have the dumbest, blindest referees and just like mm-hmm. let certain things go. And so there are no real rules at this time yeah. in there. But yeah, there's not, not much to say about this match. Uh, the over the top, uh, Johnny B. Bad tries to do a, uh, high flying move at the end of it to add a little stinger to it oh and just yeah totally... he does the, oh, what is it called it ha- every single one of his moves has a name yeah i don't it's know the bad, the bad time or yeah, whatever the I, fuck. I don't know what it's called but it's like the thing where you rocket yourself over the ropes you know it's like it's like a young bucks move but yeah, like, you, do a, you do a front flip to land on your opponent with your back but he just but completely like... whiffs it here 
Well, it's it's partially Saito's fault because yeah. Saito is like right up against the, the ring, ring and yeah, he should no. have been back yeah. like two feet. But at the same time, Johnny B. Bad should have realized like Saito needs to back the fuck up yeah. before you do this move. Yeah, like option out and do a you know a sliding kick or something <laughs> like. Uh... Yeah. But yeah, not a great match. Uh, so half star, I believe, out of three quarter star, something like that. And now it's two to two. We're tied two up. Two to two. We're tied it up. Oh, are we going to go the full seven or are we just going to? No. Like, come on. Uh, backstage now with uh, Lex Luger and uh, very confusing Jimmy Hart presence that is going to go all over the place. And this is a whole other storyline that was going on in this time. Jimmy Hart is sort of everywhere and aligning himself with everybody. He's turned on Hogan and all that stuff. Uh, Luger says a bunch of words here. And the only thing you could really take from it is he asked Jimmy Hart to not be at ringside uh, for mm. the. Uh, the the triangle match later that's that's basically it yeah. so our next match up though is the uh highest rated match of the evening uh that'll make ethan happy because it stars his boy uh this one has a uh, four and a quarter stars and this is going to be eddie guerrero uh versus shinjiro otani this match is really fucking good this yeah. match is really good also like you know, Otani was Tiger Mask, Eddie was Black Tiger. So, like, they've wrestled a lot before this. And Otani? Like, I've never heard of him. You can tell this guy's fucking good. Oh, yeah. Like, like he's got, like, the in-ring career. Like, out of every Japanese wrestler except Liger, I think he has, like, on this show at the very least, he has the best, like, charisma. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think so too. Like he, he definitely shows it in the, in the, this match here. Uh, apparently, he was very big in pro wrestling zero in Japan. That's where uh, he he's still, he still is. Yeah, uh, he is the president of okay. pro wrestling zero. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a good pillar to post match. I mean, like you get a, and again, this a, like other than the fact that it's Japanese wrestlers that this crowd and people watching at home probably have. Their only motivation here is to root against them being Japanese, right? right. And it's definitely a nine an eighties mindset of when you know Japan was seemingly taking over everything, and the you know wrestling's just behind on stuff. Uh, but uh, but it is a, it is a good match through and through, and I think both of them shine uh, quite well in it. Um, mm. Let's see on this one. Um, oh, yeah, uh, like just. Some the, the slingshot move that Eddie does is so good. Oh yeah, I love that. God damn, uh, it's that move. like, uh, but in this one, um, we do get. Uh, it is uh, as the match goes on. There's like, I didn't know if this was going somewhere, but they kind of kept alluding to the referee like having a slow count, or and then and then the finish of the match seemed like a fast count, you know. Like mm-hmm. they point that out at sometimes like, all right, are they, is there like some, uh, like a sub storyline that you're trying to do here? Like maybe, uh, Sonny Ono has bought off the referee or something like that. Cause they're... I don't think that what I just think like, I know, you're, I remember what you're talking about. There's a, there's a pin where the ref is out of position. Yeah. And if the ref had been in position, it would have been a win for Eddie. Yeah. And I can't remember if this is the match that has, and no one this is a podcast obviously none of you can see this but this is the match that has the referee that does the hand twirl every time he counts there's like one referee that like instead of just like oh. taking his hand up and down he does this like hand twirl it's very yeah. distracting <laughs> yeah. I, 
but like yeah this match i thought uh was just absolutely great uh from from mm-hmm. beginning to end uh there was maybe a little bit in the middle where it plotted just a, for a moment but like yeah. they obviously need a little break here we, we get the through line again of the german suplex stuff you know yeah. like <laughs> There's some, like, really good mat wrestling to start it off. You get some fucking gorgeous missile drop kicks from oh, both yeah. parties. Um, Eddie hits a fucking brutal-looking brain buster. Oh, my God, it looks awful. Like... Now, did they go? Did they go out on the apron on this one, or was that the Benoit match where there, there's a big bump out on the, the the entrance ramp? I can't remember if it was this one or the Benoit match. There's one of the matches where oh 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 yes yes uh, Eddie like like Otani is uh, out on the like apron and Eddie like like right above the stairs, which are super fucking dangerous. Yeah, but right above the stairs, like jumps off and then does a spinning cross body. Yeah. Uh, to Otani, which is gorgeous. So a lot, a lot of guys putting a lot on the line here in this match, and you know, uh, Dusty is like, you know, talking like, I, I believe, I think it's Dusty who says, mm-hmm. you know, that he believes this is the greatest wrestler in the world, in Eddie Guerrero. Uh, you know, th- this, this kid from Texas and Mexico here, you know, and, uh, yeah. which, and, and then, uh, and then they're also saying like, you know, this other guy is really good too. And even like when it's over, uh, you know, because Eddie takes the, the L here on yeah. what kind of seems like a fast count, but like he takes the loss, but even then they're, they're, they're not like, they're like, well, the other guy was just a little bit better today. Right. They're, they're still yeah. put, even yeah, though it's like, it's like what happens is like Eddie goes for a hurricane run. Otani reverses it. Eddie reverses that Otani reverses that gets the one, two, three. Yeah. And so it's a quick pin in combination and uh, you know, it would have been like, yeah. So like, a series of matches with these guys would have been great. Like, and there's, yeah, there's a, there is a point uh, throughout the night. I think it's in the, uh, trophy presentation. I don't know if you mm-hmm. watched that. Uh, but, uh, they, uh, I, you know, mean Gene says how he hopes this becomes a, uh, a, 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 a thing that will happen every year. Like he, it's so yeah. cool to see these matches. Well, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the next year, you're going to get a non-title match uh, main event uh, of Piper uh, defeating Hollywood Hogan. Uh, <laughs> you do get yeah. Jushin Thunder Liger versus Rey Mysterio the next year. Um, yeah, and uh, you get Ultimo Dragon uh, with Dean Malenko. So you get mm-hmm. some of that. Uh, and then Eddie Guerrero versus uh, uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, I- I'd like to go watch that match and see what it looks like. I can't. I don't remember yeah. that match. Oh, well, so one of my favorite uh, Eddie WCW matches, besides Eddie Ray at Halloween Havoc, is there's a match between it's it's Babyface Eddie versus Babyface Alex Wright. Okay. And um, they are, it's like an opener. They're wrestling. Alex Wright is on the outside, like right, like on the apron on the steps, or like like right by yeah. the steps. And does the suplex to the outside, so they both like come crashing down on the steps, and then Eddie like hurts his leg, kayfabe, and then just to show how much of an ultra babyface Alex Wright is, he just like calls off the match because his opponent's hurt. Now I, just, I I just noticed yeah. something uh, as you're talking about that. I was looking at the billing on this one, and I, I'd have to go back and look. I'm not going to, but I think he was being billed as. Like was he always billed as E D D Y in WCW? 
or did that when did that change because he was billed on this one as eddy yeah yeah that i i don't remember i think he's always eddy because i just always think of him as eddie when he's in his uh, wwf days you know i think in wcw he was always eddy weird Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, good match. Definitely go watch that one. You can go find all these matches consumable very easily. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we get into some other ones that are going to be okay, right? Um, yeah. They're not the greatest. Yeah, this is also like not great, this next one. I yeah, like this, ne- this next one's not good. Uh, the So we have the next. Uh, so again, there are three guys that are wrestling in this tournament. That uh, and, and now we're to the point where WCW has to win out to 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 win this right, uh, and we are to the part in the tournament where we have uh, Randy Savage and Sting, both of which have matches later mm-hmm. in the night. That mm-hmm. for, and again, I don't quite get why they did this. So we go mm-hmm. backstage before this match. We get an, a typical Macho Man interview. Great. It's a Macho Man interview, right? It's not the most memorable one. It's not the least memorable one. It's a Macho Man interview. Um, And only thing I wrote about this match is it's a match. (laughs) Like, so we have uh, Tenson versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Hiroshi Tenson is his name. Mm -hmm. And I like he's being billed as Hiroshi Tenzon here. I don't know if you noticed that his uh, ring attire, his robe says uh, Hiroshi uh, Yamamoto on it, which is uh, his real name. Uh, so mm-hmm. he was, you know, uh, he's also been, uh, yeah, let's see, other ring names, Super Strong Machine Buffalo. Yep. There you go. Super Strong Machine Buffalo. I don't know. This guy doesn't seem like he's as good. Hmm. Tenzon's like a staple of this era of Japanese wrestling. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's just that he's paired with Macho Man. I did. I do see here that he won the IG, IWGP Heavyweight Championship four times. So you got to be pretty good to yeah. do that. Uh, and he's teammates. He, oh, he's tag team partners with Masahiro Chono. Uh, is yes. what they mentioned. Although they've mentioned that they break oh, up, break up recently because because Tenzon pins Great Sasuke. And uh, gets kind of a big head. Yeah. So and he and Chono fall out. Yeah. And again, there's not much to say about this match. Uh, there's certainly not. This match is entirely Tenzon just beating the crap out of Randy Savage for five and a half minutes, and then Randy Savage does one offensive move and then hits uh, elbow drop, elbow drop it over. And yeah, they're like clearly they're not going to put. <laughs> You know, well, clearly WCW is going to win this evening, but uh, yeah. obviously they're not. You know, I would have thought maybe, yeah, they're not going to have their champion mm-hmm. lose, right? So mm-hmm. now this leads into a another uh, not not even a backstage promo here. I think we get uh, a weird. Okay, so they've tied it up three three, and there's this yes. like funny spot where Heenan's like fumbling around because he's all shocked. Or he's he's gonna he's he's mentioned earlier in the night that he got Alexis, you know, and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and he's gonna be working for the new when new japan takes over or whatever uh but that brings us to our seventh and final world cup match uh yes. which is uh the uh kintsuki sasaki versus sting uh mm-hmm. and uh this is an all right match uh this match does garner three stars from uh mm. from dave Meltzer. i do think you have a you know there is that moment where uh sasaki puts uh 
Sting and a Scorpion Deathlock, and yeah. you know they're like, oh, he's beating him with his own move and uh, and all that stuff. It's I think for a Sting match because I usually think Sting matches to me are kind of a five moves of doom, and we do get yeah. a little bit more out of him here than that. Yeah, like yeah. So think about Suzuki. Um, uh, he uh, or Sasaki, sorry, Sasaki. Yeah. So if you look at the card. Um, and I want to address it now because, yeah. like, what's the fucking point of addressing it later? Uh, you have there's a dark match, mm-hmm. kind of. It was recorded for TV, but after all the matches, okay. which was one man gang versus yeah Sasaki. Yeah. Now, Sasaki is like the um the WCW United States heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. And apparently he had a really shitty fucking attitude and like won it and then refused to drop it. Oh, okay. So what they did was they had one man gang wrestle Sasaki and then pin him. And then they restarted the match and had Sasaki win. But then WCW just showed one man gang pinning Sasaki and that was the end of it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's typical wrestler big head bullshit, you know, uh, cause they, yeah. And, and now you mentioned that they do talk out, you know, when Sting's doing his interviews and stuff, he's talking about how he, he, he's the one that dropped the title to uh, yeah. Sasaki, uh, earlier in the year. I think at, in new, at, uh, in new Japan, I think he was defending yes. it at New Japan or whatever. But yeah, Sting puts on a decent match here. Uh, he ends up winning this match with the uh, Scorpion Deathlock uh, taps, and then lo and behold, Sting has saved the day for WCW, and they have mm-hmm. won the uh, ridiculous-looking uh, <laughs> cup. Did you did you watch the trophy presentation? I saw part of it. Did, did you? Uh, and enjoy- I heard me and Gene say, "Let's drink champagne out of it." And then I was like, "I don't give a shit." Uh, did you notice their adorable shirts? I thought that their t-shirts yes. were adorable. Totes adorable. Yes, they looked. They looked very cute. They, they looked like little. They looked like little kids, like running around wearing shirts way too big for them. It was very adorable. They looked like they were going to go to Disneyland together. Yes. Yes. It was cute. Uh, but yeah, like, so it was kind of, you know, whatever. I thought that it was, well, what's so fucking weird about that presentation is that Sting and Luger and like, and Macho are there and they're all getting ready to fight each other later. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like move, like you have all these bad guys in there that are getting like later, like, all right, yay, we won this cup. And all of this is not going to make any fucking sense in like 20 minutes with, or like an hour. I forgot mm-hmm. at this point. I I forgot that the winner of the triangle match went on to face Macho Man, and I was like, "There yeah. is still like an hour of this pay per view left. How is there that much time left?" And yeah. that's because we get the next match, which uh, is uh, a what is a a one and a half star match, mm-hmm. which I think goes about uh, thirteen. It lasts twenty eight minutes. I think it should have lasted about fifteen. To be honest yeah. with you, it goes uh, really long. Yeah, this match goes really, really long, uh, and it's, but you know, it's their co-main event, and so this. I is, love, I love the reading of the stats. Uh, like, what is it? Like, uh, Heenan's like, uh, Shimani, how many title wins 
does uh, oh. does Flair have? He's like, 11. He's like, 11. Yeah. yeah, then he goes, how many title wins does Sting have? And he goes, uh, five. He goes, 16. Okay, how many title wins does Luger have? He's like, one. And he's like, 17 world champions yes. between these three men. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, ah, one of these things doesn't belong here. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, no, I, I that stood out to me as well when they were when he's doing that, and I was like, he's kind of going on some Steiner math, but you know, like, uh, not but good, but it works. It's just like, yeah, it's hilarious when they get to Luger. It's like, <laughs> like one. the math is correct, but like the intention behind the math yeah, isn't yeah. correct. It's like, uh, who could they have had in there? You know, I don't know who other multiple time champion was they could have had. But it's like, like it's funny because they're like, you'll never see this again, and it's like. We've seen, like, now, in 2020, we've seen, um, you know, Orton versus John Cena versus Triple H, which, like, between the three of them is, like, 35 world championships. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, Well, let's see. Vader had left, right? Vader was in... uh, Vader had gone to WWE by this point. Uh, Yes. Like, he was up there. I wonder if he had he stayed at WCW if he'd have found his way into this match or something. But the third member of this match, okay, well, so we've you've alluded to it. This match is a triangle match, not a triple threat match. No, 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 no. A no. triangle match that has a very, very stupid stipulation. Yes. Uh, which is that basically, um, you know, instead of all three competitors being in the ring at the same time, like a triple threat, uh, mm-hmm. you have to tag in. So yes. obviously the you know this is one of those frustrating ring psychology matches which is <laughs> why would you ever tag the other guy in <laughs> like right. unless you were just getting the living hell kicked out of you I guess but like yeah. but you know so there's really no reason to tag them well, in Well I I don't know man it, 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 I can see the argument for it like like Luger's the smartest of the three at the beginning because, like, yeah. you don't want to be the one in there at the start, right? Also, yeah. like, what's fucking stopping you from breaking up a pin or a submission? Yeah, I know. That's, yeah, I know. And so that there's some aspects of this, which I guess this is the second triangle match that they'd had uh, mm-hmm. that year, uh, you know, and... Wikipedia listed as a triple threat, but it is certainly not like a, a no. normal triple threat match. I guess they'd had an early, a one earlier uh, in the spring that they did this before, and I guess they thought it was successful. I will say this. The only thing I like about this match, and it's probably the most bullshit part of this match, is how it ends. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it is a good ending in that it allows Flair to be a chicken shit. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and guys, it's... Yeah. Like there's some good moments in this match. I think the best moments in this match are Sting versus Flair. Whenever Sting and Flair, yeah. no Sting, Sting versus Flair. I like that portion was like really good. Like yeah. I was like, oh, I like this. This is a good match. Yeah. And then Luger gets involved, and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. I'm like oh boy, you cannot wrestle, sir. And they're playing off the history between Sting and her, the Stinger and the Flair here, and all that stuff. And but what ends up happening is Luger and Sting are the like men that are the legal men in this match and they end up getting on the outside and they're both knocked out. Yeah. So, so, uh, let's see, uh, Luger goes to put, um, sting in the torture rack. 
So yeah. Luger puts Sting in the torture rack, and as he's doing that, they hit the referee in the face, right? And so he has Sting up in the torture rack, yeah. and then Flair comes from behind and chop blocks Luger. And so then, like, I don't remember how he gets them on the outside, but he gets them both out on the outside. Um, and there, they get counted out. Yeah, and they they advance the storyline between the dissension of the friendship by having Luger mm-hmm. grab Sting's leg as he tries to get in to the ring to to beat the ten count. So yes. so I think it's a good ending in that it allows the person that they wanted to win the match win the match, which is also this just one final thing I want to do. Yeah. This match has one of the worst chair shots I've ever fucking seen in my entire goddamn <laughs> life. I don't remember the chair shot. Fucking so the ref is busy being distracted with Sting, and then, is it the one on the knee? Yes. Yes. Oh my god, it's so bad. So like, Luger's like legs are like hanging outside the ring, and Flair grabs a chair and like just ever so daintily like boops, boops Luger's yeah. knee. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was trying to say softening him up, but yeah, like I said, the ending accomplishes what they wanted. It make it lets Flair win. Uh, he gets. They basically get counted, double counted out, which shouldn't that mean the match ends as a draw? Because Flair's um, not been tagged in, right? But I think because they kind of earlier in the match, um, uh, earlier in the night, or I should, say, yeah, no, earlier in the match, um, I can't. I was, they say someone needs to be careful that they don't get disqualified because then they would be removed from the match. Okay. And then it would just be the other two versus each other. So we're dealing with like, and this is sort of similar to the ending of this year's Survivor Series women's match where mm-hmm. two people got counted out and Carmella just happened to be the last one standing, even though she wasn't in the match. Uh, so You mean Lana? Lana, yeah, Lana. Sorry, um, got, my, also, got my blondes yeah. confused. Yeah. Um, also, it's kind of like the other Survivor Series match, where oh, kind of is it everybody in the everybody in the ring or outside of the ring gets disqualified, and Flair is the only person in the ring, so then Flair wins. Yeah. Yeah. This all great. I mean, so, but it it accomplishes what they needed, and I I thought it was fine. Like, uh, it's it's a, it's an all right match. It, it's way too long. Um, should have been fifteen minutes, which yeah. takes us into. Uh, now I believe the reason why these matches that between Ric Flair or the Savage matches are so bad because Savage is not horrible in the ring. He can have a no. good match, but I believe he is legitimately hurt. Yeah. So fuck. I I can't. I think. I'm not 100%, but I fucking think this is around the time where I think it's at the World War Three before this. Yeah. That's this where he won the, the title. Yeah. Yeah. This is the like famous, oh, this is, you know what this is? This is a rag sheet, brother. And like he drops like Wrestling Observer and like talks about Dave Meltzer. Yeah. And like Dave Meltzer reported that Macho Man was injured. And then he was like, just to show you Macho's not injured, he's going to wrestle tonight. But Macho actually was injured and then further injures himself trying to prove... That he's not injured. Like, yeah. That he's not injured. Yeah. So, like, it's just the most corny... I 
think, and I'm I'm not 100%, but I think that is this year. Because uh, it was Macho's arm that was hurt. Yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, I believe it was this year because I'm looking at it. Yeah, World War Three was just like right before this. Like it was a month yeah. like before this pay-per-view. Uh, and clearly we see that, uh, you know, uh, the 60-man World War Three match that they had uh, there. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, some of these matches here. That Okay, so, yeah, like, again, weird just booking in these, mm. these pay-per-views. I don't know if they were just short on talent or whatever, but I guess not if they're having a 60-man. Mm. Maybe I should watch that 60-man and see who all the random fucking people are. <laughs> I, I've actually watched it. I, if I'm not mistaken, this is the one where uh, Hogan gets dragged out underneath the bottom rope so he doesn't actually ever get eliminated. Yes, that, yes, but it is. The, but the refs don't see it so that he's, they just see him on the outside of the ring. So they're like, oh, Hogan's eliminated. Then Macho wins, and then Hogan proceeds to just bitch and moan for 10 minutes in the ring. Just like... Yeah, no. The, I mean, I went under the bottom rope. Yeah, uh, they they do uh, say that they they mention that in the build up to this match. They're like, is Savage really the you know Luger says he's the uncrowned champion and like he's beaten Savage and is Savage even really you know a uh, real champion or whatever? Uh, let me look. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Hogan was gone. He either was because he didn't have any movies come out. Unless he, oh wait, no, he could have been. Uh, he could have been filming at this time, uh, Santa with Muscles, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yeah. came out the following year, uh, following Christmas. So I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, but whatever. But yeah, the final match we get is uh, Sting versus Ric Flair, or not Sting versus Ric Flair, but uh, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the uh, heavyweight title. They make it a point. They mention numerous times. They keep talking about Flair's wins and history at Starcade. Also, um, they call. I've never heard anybody in the business refer to it as this, but they call it the giant gold belt. And I and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize like. Because I always refer to that belt as that's the big gold. Yeah. That's the big yeah. gold belt. You know? Um, but I, I never heard anyone in the business actually <laughs> call it, like, the big gold or the giant gold. Yeah, I've, I've heard, you know, for the NWA title, the 10 pounds of gold. But, like, that's mm. but not a not not that, you know. Known. God, I fucking love that belt so much. Like, that belt's so good. Which like, I get that, like, people don't like it because, like, it's hard to read and whatever, but, like, that belt's just, like, super nostalgic for me. Wait, which one? The, the this the one? Big old. The big old. The yeah. big old. Yeah. Well, I know. That's, I, I think a lot of people, uh, I think they're, yeah, I mean, well, uh, obviously. Well, a lot of people, like, everybody's, like, you, like, ask nine out of ten wrestling fans, what's your favorite belt? They're going to say Winged Eagle. either the, the Winged Eagle number one or Million Dollar Championship. Yeah. Those are the two that you hear nine times out of ten. Um, Winged like Eagle. Me, Winged Eagle. For me, which you have, which we yeah, purchased yeah. together, the Undisputed Belt is is one of my all-time favorites. It's a good one. I love the Undisputed If we're talking world titles, yeah. Uh, but for me, it goes Winged Eagle, and then it goes classic uh, white-belted Intercontinental title. Intercontinental. It's great. It's yeah. a great belt. Like, I know a lot of people hate on the 2002, 2008, and I know a fucking... Every, 
why can't they ever make a good U.S. championship? Everyone I've ever heard just hates the U.S. title. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think the thing is, like, they try to, like, the WCW U.S. title was all right. Like, well, that's fine. Like, but I think they try to uh, gaudy it up too too much, you know. Yeah. Uh, the best is obviously the John Cena Spinner <laughs> U.S. title. Yes, the John Cena, yes. That is clearly the best one. Uh, that just looks like a round plate on uh, the time. Why does no one have like, a list of these? Anyways, uh, you know, you know that I, I'll say this: the, uh, the 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 while I love that uh, AEW has a uh, TV title, I, I will say that the, uh, the 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 TNT title is pretty ugly. <laughs> it it's is, not great looking. It's not not great looking. Uh, so. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, so we have this final match, and uh, look, there's going to be a lot of chicanery uh, mm. in this. Uh, oh, you know who has a good-looking U.S. title belt? Who? Go look up the NWA U.S. title belt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that belt. That belt's pretty good. Yeah, it's got it's got a, bot, a lot of red highlights and some nice shields on the sides. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, that, that would be a really dope. That's a really good-looking uh, U.S. title belt. Uh, yeah, no, I like that yeah. belt a lot. The belt's good. Um, but yeah, no. So our oh, like oh, like hey, listen, we can get that uh, on Etsy for one hundred and twenty nine bucks. <laughs> I think I'm good on belts right now. Uh, well, there goes your Christmas present. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, anyways, let's talk about the last match. Let's talk about it because we got to get this over with and uh, we got to take the belt off. Or savage here because Ric Flair is going to win his 12th title with an alliance with Jimmy Hart all of a sudden for some reason. So Jimmy Hart turned on Hogan. Yeah. But J- um, Jimmy Hart's also doing stuff with the Dungeon of Doom. Well, don't you remember that the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen team up for a while to make the the coalition to destroy Hulkamania? Well, yeah, but I thought that was over because we'd seen earlier in the night the Kevin Sullivan and Benoit stuff. Oh, that's right. I don't remember. <laughs> and so I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, I just yeah, I just think for um, <laughs> for. Uh, for old uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Hart, he just anybody who will kick the shit out of Hogan or Macho. Yeah, you know. Well, it's a match uh, again. Savage is working hurt. Flair's already wrestled a match just before mm-hmm. this, kind of. Uh, you know, he didn't do a whole lot in it. He did some, but uh, and. There is a bunch of uh, chicanery in this one. Uh, Mm -hmm. The four horsemen are going to get involved. The ref is going to be distracted by Jimmy Hart. The horsemen are going to come down and do moves to Savage and take him out. And uh, Flair picks up the win and gets his 12th uh, world championship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He does also gush blood like a motherfucker. Yep. Does pointlessly gush blood. In this match, I do not know why. Again, hit with the megaphone. Yeah, no reason. It's literally in the last sixty seconds of the match. Yeah, it has nothing to do with other anything other than I guess being a visual. So yeah, uh, but you know, hey, whatever. Uh, it, it's it's a look. I, they had to get the belt off Savage. He was hurt, so it, this is a way to make Savage not look bad, I guess, by having him getting beat down. It is a way to make the Horsemen look big, I guess, too, by showing that they're the new Horsemen or the young Horsemen. Ryan Pillman. 
spits so much on a camera lens. Oh, yeah. God, so much spit so on much that spit. camera lens. So much spit. Well, Ethan, let's uh, let's talk about it. What do you think overall? Uh, you know, we've watched some pretty bad wrestling on for shows recently. Uh, what do you think about this paper? I give this show some a B B minus. A B minus. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's good. Uh, I think that I would I would agree with that. I mean, you have you have three really good matches. I think with Benoit, mm-hmm. Alex Wright, and Eddie. You have storyline advancement matches, and you know the 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 gimmick of the pay per view. While cheesy, is also it was nice to be able to see a different style of wrestling than yeah. than, than you would normally. So I would say go out and definitely check out the Eddie Guerrero match, the Benoit match, and if you want to go see Alex Wright actually have a good match uh, because he's not wrestling other. You know, I think the problem is Alex Wright always got saddled with wrestling WCW power plant mid mid card. Yeah. Right. So yeah, no, Alex Wright was a good wrestler. Yeah. Here's Alex. Never got- here's Alex Wright versus Firebreaker Chip. Like, we're, yeah, yeah, you're not going to get the best out of him. So, uh, but, you know, whatever. It's it is what it is. Can we go out on Alex Wright's music? Uh, sure. Let me see if I can find Alex Wright's music. Uh it's it's a banger, you know, because he's a German, so it has to be. Uh, oh, uh, I'm gonna guess. Boy, I don't know which one it is. Is it March of Alex Wright or Heartbeat Away by Al- for mm. Alex Wright? I guess mm. we'll find out. We'll try. We'll, we'll play one, and if it's the wrong one, I'll play the other. So, all right, Ethan. Anybody, anything you want to tell the fine people out there this holiday um, season? Knights of the Sound Table going strong. Um, just recorded two episodes. I'm actually getting. I didn't. I missed last week's release due to just kind of not not having enough time to edit because yeah, uh, I've happens. been kind of super fucking busy. It happens. Um, but I'll be releasing two episodes this week. I'm gonna be releasing a whole uh, session because it ended up being a shorter session. So enjoy the extra content for this week and. Um, so that's going good. Uh, talk show, uh, we're going to be recording tomorrow. That'll be coming out uh, on Saturdays. We had to miss a few weeks because evil overlord Landry Miller had COVID, but he is now yes, he's, back, he's back to... Back and looking felt. Looking, I, yeah, looking co- good. COVID, Lost some COVID did him well, other than the fog break. COVID, <laughs> yeah, other than being a little fucked up. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, Talk Show Inc. will also be returning soon. We're going to be doing the... The Roast of Harry Potter. Oh, nice. That's, uh, that's good. Yeah, Harry Potter. Uh, so that's awesome. Guys, check out the, you can check out the live streams of, uh, of, of uh, the roast shows on uh, our Facebook and uh, Twitch and Sounds mm-hmm. Tooth Now, and I believe also the app. Uh, you can also catch me on uh, political podcast Red State Blues, which just dropped tonight, so you can listen to that tomorrow. Uh, we're, we're in post-Trump election mode, so like we're kind of like, uh, hey... This is not, we're not as, uh, you know, upset and horrible feeling as we were prior to the election. Uh, we are, uh, you can also catch me on Getting Greasy. We have some bonus episodes coming out uh, later this uh, holiday season to get you guys through the holidays uh, as we mm. celebrate, uh, you know, 
all that fun stuff. You can also catch me outside. Uh, there may be. How about that? How about, How about that? that? How about that? Uh, no, you can catch me on a, a brand new podcast that's uh, launching, I believe, this week called Bangers and Trash. Uh, it's a music podcast. Uh, we're going to have a special episode next week with Christmas music. Uh, this week it's going to be uh, me and the boys from Getting Greasy discussing our three favorite and three least favorite Rush songs uh, for each of us. And then uh, also we may have a uh, sports gambling podcast coming in the works as well. So uh, lots, of, lots of new content for the new year here on the Soundstooth Network. And again, thank you guys all for being listeners. Hit us up anytime you want. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, make sure you leave reviews of our shows. Yes, please, like please really leave reviews. Yeah, it does help, uh, especially on Apple. Please go do that. Uh, but, you know, wherever yeah. you listen is great. Um, so I, I know a lot of you will listen on Spotify. I've seen uh, seen that. So so keep up the good work, guys. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to take it out. I hope this is the right. Which one do you think I should go with? I, I think March of Alex Wright is probably the one. I think so, too. Yeah, let's try it. Hold on. March of Alex Wright. This is this is from the uh, music of WCW on, on Spotify. Oh. The music of WCW. Yeah, I don't know. Let's try this one. There it is. There's... Get my jean jacket. Or my leather jacket. Hi, kids. This is Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Would you like to come dance with me? Oh, yes, you oh, would. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Do you want to go to the club? Do you want to bang in the bathroom? You got to meet the puppy. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Be safe and make good decisions. Love you. Bye.